Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach and trainer, Michael Lafito. Hey everybody, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. This is our special 200th episode. Some of you have been around from the beginning and those of you that are just joining us, again, my name is Michael Lafito. I'm the author of the book, Luxury Listing Specialist, and I'm the founder of the Lux designation. And of course, this podcast, we are excited to have today's guest on and before i bring on our guest just a reminder if you guys have any questions whatsoever those of you that are watching or listening to a replay of this podcast you can always shoot me an email michael at marketingluxurygroup.com michael at marketingluxurygroup and if you're watching this live stream please uh, type in your questions for myself or for our guest and uh, really really excited to bring on our guest. So let me do that. And uh, just a reminder, if you guys have any recommendations in regards to a topic for us to cover, again, this is our 200th podcast. So we've brought in a lot of top luxury agents. We brought in strategic partners. We brought in just business development, business coaches. So a little bit of everything. But if there's a topic you'd like us to dive deeper in or bring on a guest, or perhaps you are a specialist and you'd like us to consider you as a guest, uh, just reach out to us and uh, we'd be happy to to look at it. Again, Fridays, on Fridays, we launched a free series as well called Luxury Fridays. You can simply go to uh, luxuryfridays.com, luxuryfridays.com for more information on our free live streams where you can ask me anything and we bring on special guests as well. All right, without further ado, I wanna bring on um, our guest, uh, our special guest for our 200th episode, um, I have on Glenn Stearns with me. Glenn was the first person in his family to go to college, which I love rags to riches stories, but Glenn was featured on Undercover Billionaire. It was a TV show, I believe that was launched in 2019 on Discovery Channel. If you haven't watched it, I encourage you to do so. It's inspiring, it's motivating. And like Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. And so that's what we're trying to do for our audience today when we have Glenn on is pick his brain, share, maybe he'll share with us his blueprint on how he was able to break through and catapult and be a successful business person. And so without uh, without further ado, I bring Glenn on. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us on our 200th episode today. Hey, Michael, how you doing? And congratulations. Wow, 200, that's that's a lot. I know we've got our podcast going. I I might be a quarter there. Who knows? But that's what's the name of your podcast? We'll make sure uh, we ours is called Grit Happens. And Grit uh, it's happens. about the gritty, grimy, you know, clawing your way up through business and uh, and life and everything that goes with it. So, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of learnings in there as well. So grit happens. Uh, again, this is not scripted, and that's sometimes our best podcast or best conversations come from non-scripted questions. So grit happens. So, you know, I've seen T-shirts embrace the suck, right? The grit, yeah. 
So talk to us a little bit about the name of the podcast and how you came up with that and, and embracing the grit. Yeah. Well, you know, when I look at my life and, you know, I, I, um, I did, I was the first to go to college in my, my family. I graduated with a whopping 2.1. Okay. Grade point. And most of the world that knows me goes, I think I'm smarter than that guy, you know? And so I've, I've enjoyed that. I've embraced it. I have welcomed the fact that, you know, maybe I weigh more on the EQ than the IQ, right? Like I, you know, reading books, uh, chemistry or, you know, any kind of big, you know, subjects is it bores me. And so what I found was, you know, when I, um, go through my life and look at some of the bigger markers example, you know, I had a child when I was 14 years old and, you know, when I look at what happened when the world kind of falls in on you, or at least it feels that way, right? And then you can take uh, either become the victim or the victor, as they say, right? And and that was that's one of my earlier examples of my life where I realized that fighting through the grit and the, and all that adversity really strengthens us and makes us who we are today, right? You know, I've got a million of those personal, and then it led to a really colorful business life where uh, very much the same things fell into place there as well, right? Where, you know, you run into things like 2007 and eight, and um, you, know, you have a hundred million dollars of buyback loans, you know, lost 85% of my business. I've got class action lawsuits. I'm, it's getting hit from everywhere. And, and then you start to fall back on that tough skin and you realize that it's not luck. It's perseverance. That's going to get you through and going to make you successful. And so, you know, um, that's a lot of what, you know, we talk about, and a lot of what I think I like to get out there to other people because I enjoy the fact that a lot of people can go, you know, I think I can keep up with that guy and they can, you know, it's just, you have to surround yourself with great people and then you have to be able to put up with a lot more pain than most people. So, well, uh, some really great information there, uh, Glenn, I appreciate it. And I, I know through your bio talked about adversity, right. Becoming a parent, uh, at age 14, that's a lot of adversity. And I'm going to put, again, just a couple reminders for those of you that are watching live, you can type in your questions for Glenn. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, shoot me an email, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group, and we'll do some follow-up questions to Glenn after the fact. But you mentioned uh, victim or victor mentality. Uh, and so I'm a huge proponent of that. I, I feel like so many people have a victim mentality and they feel like they're owed something. And so talk to me a little bit about your experience, whether it be employees or businesses that you've launched and failed at or been successful at. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, hiring process. If you're putting together a team, you know, victim versus victor obviously you don't have a yes no question but what are some things that that can help uh, our listeners our viewers perhaps strengthen and, and battle through yeah. and perseverance well you know the first thing that comes to my mind was when i when i just got out on my own and i was the owner of my company i i i'd gotten into mortgage banking 
1988, I worked there for 10 months and then I started my own company. Ignorance is bliss, right? You know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I got into it and I remember having a deal that we brokered out because uh, we were a broker at that time and we brokered it to a lender and they didn't perform. They, you know, they, they, they just turned the loan down and the borrower was going away for his honeymoon and he called us yelling and screaming saying, you've ruined my honeymoon. And, and I said, sir, you don't understand. It's not us. It's the lender we sent it to. And he said, no, he says, I hired you to find me the right lender and it's you. And I sat there for a second thinking, wow, this guy's right. You know, and if I stand behind excuses, if I sit and think, that it's somebody else's fault, then I'll always fall in the path of feeling better, but not doing better. Right. And so, you know, it was at that moment I said, you know what, I'm really sorry. You're absolutely right. Let me see what I can do. And I grabbed the file, took it away, ran to other lenders, explained the program, explained what we had and figured it out. And it wasn't up to him. I, you know, I, I shouldn't even have brought it to him. I, I need to do my homework before I need to do it better. And so that's just one quick, the beginning of my life where a uh, business world where I went, I have no one to turn to. I have no one to blame, but myself. And if we take that approach, I think we take control of our own lives, no matter what, you know, and you can, you know, you can say it's their fault, but why did you get in the bed with them? You can say it's the other person's well, you know, you, you've got to be able to have a plan B and um, it's really important. Or if you don't, you're going to you're going to always find a reason why it's OK to not take responsibility for what's going on. A plan B and sometimes a plan C, D, E, F and G, correct? I've been I've had double letters. I've gone through the whole alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a, I think it was Apollo 13, uh, the movie where you know, they laid everything out on the table and they they had the engineers there and said, we got to figure out a way to keep these guys alive and bring them back. Right. So sometimes, you know, you're you're hit with a curveball, something you weren't expecting. And you just got to roll up your sleeves and not hit the panic button, but try to focus. And you mentioned perseverance, uh, taking us back to the market crash of 07, 08, 09. Talk to me about how do you how do you not mix business with family life, right? I mean, I, I think being a, a parent and a husband or a, a wife or a partner is a lot easier when there's less turbulence. So when there's a lot of turbulence and, and air pockets and emergency landings, talk to me a little bit about on the personal side of things, you know, what, what do you do mentally to stay positive? What do you do mentally to be engaged as a, as a father, as a husband? Because I think it's a lot easier when business is going great. You know, I, right. I, I like sports, using sports analogies all the time, Glenn. Last year, my one son was an undefeated team. They, they won the championship. This year, his team was 2-27. and 27. I, I think he learned a lot more being on a, about himself being on a 2-27 and 27 team than the undefeated team. Absolutely. You know, I, um, it's funny because when I was starting out again in business, I would come home going, this was the worst day ever. You have no idea. And then the next day I'd say, you can't believe how bad it was today. And I, and after about a couple of weeks of that, my wife goes, you keep saying it's your worst day. And I go, no, but you don't understand. It's 10 times worse than it was. And I think what happens at least 
for me was, again, you build up that tolerance, right? And you build it up and I realized that when I went through 2007 and eight and everything was stripped away and I was going to lose it all, I got to a place, you know, we had our names on top of all the buildings. We had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of employees that uh, relied on us. And now was this, was this Stern's lending? Stern's lending, right. And, you know, and I could take you back through a few other companies. We were the largest HUD contractor in the country under two companies I own. One was a title company. One was an audit company. Big issues that happened in those as well. But my point was that as we grow and mature and go through, you know, our own experiences, you get wiser, right? And you, you, you get to, you, you've lived through them. But when I'd been through it in the past, um, I thought, this is it. It's over. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to make it through this. And, uh, you know, the, the, the embarrassment of having my signs come down and people know I'm a failure in the community and everyone see that I couldn't keep this business going. All that kind of pressure was there. And when I finally realized that's not, you know, why do I worry about that kind of stuff? Right. And when I let that go, and then I just said, look, I'm going to just go. And I literally took a clipboard and I went to every person. I, if I owed Morgan Stanley, Bear Stearns, Bank of America for all these bad loans that they wanted me to buy back. And I had 100,000 square feet of office space I didn't need. I went to the landlords and I went to the class action. I went to the lawyers by myself that were suing me. And, and just started talking to people and I got in front of everybody and I said, I'm not going to hide. I'm just going to tell you, I'll do my best, but I've got a clipboard. Are you going to work with me or are you against me? It's all I need to know. And I'm going to add up all my check marks. And if, I, if you're going to work with me, I'm going to fight like hell to make it happen. And if you're not, I know what I need to do. And by the time I got through, you know, I had a hundred percent of people said they'd work with me. And there was a big difference between that approach, what I found, and people that just stuck their head in the sands and said, if I just, you know, close my eyes long enough, it'll go away. And it doesn't. So we ended up becoming the biggest, you know, mortgage lender, biggest wholesaler in the country. So when I look at that, and I see what's happened in the world since then, when things happen to me now, you know, I, I go, well, we're going to learn a lot from this. And I, and I'm, and I'm not as, concerned about the outside world as far as if, if a sign comes down and if, you know, that, that doesn't control my life. I am concerned about employees, obviously, and, and their well-being. But, you know, we, we know there's cycles in our business and we know we've got to go through them. And so it's the good and the bad of what we do. And if you do that and you communicate, you're probably going to be okay. You're going to make it through. Maybe you had 10,000 employees and now you got to go down to 3,000. Or, or whatever the number is, 100, you go down to 20, you know, it doesn't matter. It's life. You got to rebuild. You got to start over. You got to do things. And and it's never, you know, a, a rising, completely perfect, you know, kind of trajectory, right? It's, it's you know, this is the way it goes. Ups you know? and downs, ups and yeah. downs, turbulence. And so when you know it, you know, I remember coming in and, and one day I was in my house and I just, almost started crying and I said, I can't get any lower than this. 
my feel i'm like this the feeling i have i've never felt lower and the second i said that i went wow like there's nowhere to go but up from here and i got excited right like i can't get any lower and so when you know when you understand where you are you know i think you can do a lot better and maybe one other real quick example i had some buddies i was in a group called ypo the young president's organization full of all kinds of entrepreneurs and and ceos from bigger companies and and we had a guy that you know he came in and he was just devastated his company was you know being bombarded with lawsuits and he was as a family business and he was had been in bed for a week and he was so depressed and i remember going up to him saying do you remember where i was last year which was in 07 and 08 i said i was at the bottom i go where were you you were at the top i go now where am i today i've had the best year and where are you down here i go it, it's all a series of dots life right it never stays the same we're going to go up we're going to go down but we're it's this too shall pass right and that's one of my be- biggest mentors in my life told me that george argyros he owned the seattle mariners and cal airlines and wonderful man but you know, that was one of the best advice he ever gave me is this too shall pass. My, my grandmother used to always say that. Yeah. Talk to me about mental toughness, right? <laughs> mental toughness. You're talking about ups and downs. You know, how do you how do you bounce back mentally? Right. So for you personally, you know, is it prayer? Is it reading books? Is it coaches? Is it mentors? You know, how do you toughen up your skin, so to speak, in your shell so that when you do have these ups and downs, you can recover quickly or more. Yeah. Quickly. I mean, I think we all got to find our, our, our place, right. Where, where we can go and kind of internalize what's going on. And in my case, it's, it's a lot of different things. Me and my wife, we, we're spiritual people, right? We, we, um, God fearing people, so to speak. Uh, that's one place. we also have wonderful mentors. You know, I've been very fortunate and, and I tell young people this, like I went into my community here in Orange County and I looked for the winners, the, the, the people that had really been, the, you know, the ones that moved the, the county and the state. And they were in all the people loved to be around them. And they, they were they were just, you know, they were very successful, but they were also very happy. That was important okay. to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in the the people that were trail take no prisoners you know the the just the jerks i i really wanted people that other people admired and then i would ask them to lunch and i would and i would get to know these people and eventually um a lot of the people that really were the the foundation really of orange county california who had built it from the 50s and 60s had uh taken me in under their wing and these are now 80 to 90 one of my good friends was a hundred years old, just turned a hundred last year. And I just passed away and his kind of protege was 85. And that was George Argyros, the guy also. So I had all these wonderful men in my life and women that had uh, already done it before. And they really wanted to teach, you know? And so, you know, it was weird because I would be having lunch and dinner with friends and they go, you hang out with my parents. You know, and I'd be hanging out with all their parents. I don't know why more people don't do that. And I always ask young people to, to reach out because people that have had some 
success in their lives. They want to give back and they want to help and they want to tell them, tell others how to maybe not beat your head against the wall as much, you know, as, as you probably would or could. Yeah. And, uh, so it's important, you know? Yeah. So having some great mentors, uh, you know, having that mental toughness. I, I tell people all the time, this example, my kids play a, a, a game. I think it's the most popular game revenue wise ever called Fortnite. But, you know, you, you lose energy and you, you, you find this energy drink and you drink it. And it's for some people, it's their, their cup of coffee when they wake up. And right. You have ups and downs throughout the day using that turbulence analogy. And so so being able to recover quickly and I do believe what you focus on expands. So if you focus on I'm a victim or I'm going to I'm a champion and I'm going to refuse to lose, I'll figure out a way that that's key. Right. right? And that's where I think athletics helps so many business people. They they remember their gridiron experience. They remember fighting through adversity as opposed to giving giving up. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing real quick. I remember when I was younger starting in business. And uh, you get a lot of rejection, right? I mean, I was in sales. I was in the mortgage banking world. And I would go out and I would go to real estate offices. And I would go in there with my cards and my flyers and, hey, how you doing? And try to get to meet people. And I'd get shut down every single time, right? And so I had this route I would go down. And it was maybe 15 miles and then back a loop of just offices I would hit and around. And... I would go in there, go in there, go in there, get beat up, beat up. And then I'd put on Phil Collins. I don't care anymore. That song. I would go down Pacific Coast Highway. I'd be screaming at the top of my voice. I'd see this one house. It's on the point over the Pacific Ocean. I'd say, I'm going to own you one day. You wait. Right. And I would yell, get pumped up. And then I'd walk back in the next office. But I had to get my head back in the game. Right. And I would do that over and over again. And you know, a few things happened. One, I got to realize after a while, I was down on my knee and I was putting flyers into a little cabinet in a real estate office. And this one man walked up, he looked at my flyer. I'm still down there putting other flyers and he looked at it and he crumbled it up, threw it away. And he walked away. And I sat there for a second. I thought about it and I walked over and I tapped him on his shoulder. I said, Hey, sir, would you do me a favor? I said, when you put it, you're just sold or just listed sign on my door. Would you like me to open the door and crumble it up right in front of your face? I said, could you wait till I leave to throw away you. my flyer? I said, you. I'm working my tail off, man. And I go, and, and it's just not right. And what happened to me, what I realized at that moment was it wasn't about the money anymore. It was about I, the, the fact is I'm working hard. And I'm doing my best I can. And I don't care if he never gives me a deal because it money's not the ultimate goal, you know, but what you, how you feel. The guy looked at me, he just kind of shook his head, started laughing, he goes, come with me. And he gave me two deals, right? Because I think you, you know, I stood up for myself. I wasn't a jerk, but I was, you know, I was saying, hey, you know, please, you know, I mean, we're all out here trying to make a living. Yeah, and yeah. And from that moment on, I realized, you know, it was never about the money. If there was a customer and I worked real hard on a deal and then he would just wasn't ever happy, I'd say, would you do me a favor? I said, I'd like to give you your file back. I don't care for the money. I've done all the, 
you know, no. And I go, look, go get someone else to help you get your credit fixed. Cause I've, I've worked on it for four months. We've got it the way it needs to be. You're not happy. Take it to someone else. And then you realize again, when you don't make money, you're guiding life, right? When you make your life and your experiences and who you are, the important factor, then people see the pride in you. They see you walk taller. They see that you're confident and you attract more that way than when you're desperate and when it's only about money. And so, you know, that was one shift for me that happened when I was younger that I realized I, I like this me, you know, I like the fact that I won't ever do something based solely on money, you know, and, while yes, it's important. There are many other currencies. Happiness is a great one. Okay. You know, loyalty. There's a lot of other things that mean more to me than just money. And then all that ends up working out because you follow some other, whatever you want to call Guidance it. Guidance principle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So some really, some really great information. I appreciate the stories behind it a little bit. I'm sure you felt empowered a little bit to if you will, kind of stand up to yourself, to this gentleman. And, and he, like you said, ended up giving you a couple of deals because he became he a friend. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know him. Yeah. And then he became a friend. Right. And, and something great story. Uh, I want to shift a little bit. We only have a few minutes left. I don't want to really focus too much on undercover billionaire, but it was such a great, um, such a great show. And I learned a lot about it. I had my fifth grader watch it with me. So the premise of the show is they they drop you into this this town this area that you don't know you're getting on a plane you don't know where you're going they give you a hundred dollars to your to your name you go as somebody else right so they can't you don't go as glenn stearns in this case right. and what, what am i missing here and then they can go watch it and find it uh, sure. replays i i know we watch on netflix mm -hmm. so it's still out there yeah um well very quickly i my wife and i my wife is in television 16 years ago, she and I did a show called Gilligan's Island, the real Gilligan's Island. That was just thrown on my lap by someone else. And I went, all right, I'll do it. And I ended up winning that. And then for the next 12 years or so, producers kept calling me, hey, do you want to do another show? Do you want to do another show? And I said, look, I'm a business guy. It's okay. But um, I said, if you ever want to do a show where you take me, drop me off in the middle of nowhere with no contacts, no money, you know, nothing. I said, I bet I could build a business again. Now, if you ever want to watch that, I go, sign me up. And Discovery calls me back and says, hey, if you're really willing to put your money where your mouth is, we do the show. And I said, hey, if you're serious, I'm serious. I didn't think much past that, right? I mean, so the idea was mine. They said, hey, we're going to want you between February and May. Can you do it? I said, I'll clear my schedule. And they say, all right, well, we're going to pop in. And so they did. They popped in. I was down in Miami on my boat, took me off. We flew to a place they wanted us to go, you know, and I didn't think much about it more. And it's really been a wonderful kind of um, really just a denser version of real life, right? Where you get thrown, you don't know what's around the corner and you got to deal with it. And in this case, it happened only the whole world was watching, right? And there was a lot of times, I'll tell you, when I, you know, I was sitting there going, why did I do this again? I don't understand why I would put myself through this. Um, what you didn't see on the 
on the uh, show that they they interviewed was John Elway and uh, Richard Branson, who John was with me on the boat when they took me and Richard had called in. They both they asked them, would you do this? They both said, hell no. Why would I want to do you know what upside do, do you have, Glenn? You know, you can fail or, you know, or you're going to fail. Right. I mean, all you're going to do is, is, you know, you don't have a lot of good coming out of this. And I said, well, I think I could make it. You know, that's why I want to do it. And why I wanted to do it was because of my kids. Right. I had gone through cancer. I was kind of, you know, in this sick phase of my life for a little while. And I wanted them to see their dad as a fighter, as someone that doesn't give up, someone that's um, got integrity and, and does what he says and surrounds himself with good people, etc. And so when the show started, you know, and it got halfway through, I realized I'm not going to make it. I am going to fail. Those guys were right. And that's the, that's happens in our life, right? You get this devil on this side, give up, give up, give up, you know, and it's really hard to listen to any voices that say, keep going. So I was, you know, in a, place where I thought maybe I could walk out and they would never be able to make this show because it wouldn't have an ending. I was in a deep hole. And so crawling out of that hole, not giving up, that's how life is. Okay. You just keep persevering. And so I'm very proud of Undercover Billionaire. Very proud. I don't like the name. I'll be real honest. I never did. I didn't. I thought it should be like the American dream. That's kind of the false show. They, they, they went under to say, you know, is some little college group filming me. But um, so I wasn't, you know, I'm not big on the name, but it wasn't about that. You know, can I do this? And but I thought, you know, just don't give up. Don't let people, you know, think that that's how life is. Life is hard and we don't always get what we want. But if we fight swinging, going down, you know, that's what that's what we need to do. And so when it ended up turning out the way it did, Please watch it if you haven't seen it. You know, I was very, very proud of it. And then super proud, if you haven't seen that we did a follow-up series called Undercover Billionaire Comeback City. There's also a second season with Grant Cardone and a couple other guys that I was producer of, actually, because I was, you know, the guy who founded it. But uh, Comeback City, episode six, I'm most proud of that because it, it ties it all back together. So oh, Good. I have not seen that, so I'll... I'll... Episode six, Comeback City. So, thanks for sharing that, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, it's a great series. Very ins inspiring. You know, I have three kids, and like I said, my one son wanted to watch it with me. And you know, my whole thing is entrepreneurship, right? And you can learn. Success leaves clues. I opened up this show with that with Tony Robbins, and and that's why I have on here Glenn Stern. Success leaves clues. Build businesses during the downturn, you know, bounced back, recovered. Talk to us a little bit about today and, and what businesses you're part of. And uh, I know one of them is called Kind Lending. So tell us a little bit about what you're working on today. Sure. So I, uh, you know, I had sold out of my Stearns Lending and I still had an ownership, but I was minority owner of that. When I had the opportunity to get back into it, I did and started Kind Lending. And you know, we've been at it for a couple, three, three years now and, and going strong. Things are going really well. You know, we're, we're been in the middle of this, you know, we had the lowest rates in the history of, of ever. And now it's good. They've doubled. So it's been interesting. 
but I feel like, you know, I'm back at the same place I was before where you rebuild and you figure it out. And so we're having a wonderful time uh, just really helping and helping to rewrite kind of what mortgage banking is about. I call it kind lending on purpose because I think we got to go back to a lot of that influence of really being advocates for people, helping them and um, doing it in a manner that, you know, that uh, you're proud of. And then um, we've opened up another uh, joint venture uh, called Success Lending. That's with EXP. And that is uh, also going fantastic. It's, you know, based on really purchase home ownership, you know, loans and and loving that. And then, um, you know, doing some retail, doing some other joint ventures and other things, but just mostly mortgage banking is, uh-huh. is you know, my bread and butter that I love. I've got a lot of other things that we do, but uh, that's, that's, that's my great. Passion. That's great. And if, if I were to put a crystal ball in front of you, here we are in July of 2022. Uh, what do you, what do you anticipate? Uh, you know, I tell people all the time, life is what drives real estate, right? Not mortgage rates, not who the president is, what gas prices are, what's going on in Ukraine or Russia. Life is what drives real estate. But I'd love to get your uh, take on where do you think the market is going in the next six months to a year? Well, you know, I, I believe in cycles. I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, what goes up must come down. And, you know, in... Um, you know, when you look back, you know, if you ever want to Google my name in 2005, you'll see I was on a show with some people that just believed equities it can't go, it can't do anything but keep going up because there's supply and demand and this and that. And I said, no, nah, but there's also cycles. And the issue back then was we were doing bad loans. Remember, we were doing option arm loans and loans where no money down. <laughs> yeah, no money and, and all that. This is different, right? We've got issues with, in my opinion, we had issues where, you know, that herd mentality, you know, the, the home is 500,000. I'll give you 600,000 because I need it. And so a lot of that um, behavior, I think where you're willing to overpay for stuff, it will also, I think, kind of swing back on people. And so there's going to be a correction in my opinion. I don't know if it's in six months or whatever, but you can see, and I've been going all over the country, these bidding wars are slowing down, right? And so, you know, you got to go and really be with, find a great real estate agent that knows that market and understands what, you know, the the comparables are and what you're doing out there. And if it's going to be your home, a person's home that they're going to live in, write out the cycles, it doesn't matter, right? Your house will go up, it'll go down. It really won't matter if you can make your payment and afford it. But if you're only worried about equity appreciation, uh, I I would, uh, you know, say people that are doing that, it's not going to be good timing. I think we're at the very tip of the tippy top of the cycle. Let's put it that way, right? So I think we're going to start seeing it go back down. And, you know, I think sellers start to reduce their prices because they realized, you know, it, it was too good for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my opinion, you know, and, yeah. and we'll see where it goes, but, but it won't be for the same reasons, you know, it won't be because we have bad loans, right. It'll be, I think, cause we just had hyperinflation when it came to home prices, you know? Uh-huh. So. 
Yeah, the appreciation in some markets, it just wasn't sustainable. So really good information. We got Glenn Stearns here. Uh, Again, I do recommend you guys check out Undercover Billionaire, Undercover Billionaire. And uh, the second set of Undercover Billionaire was, what what was it called? I call it Comeback City. Comeback City. Check out Comeback City. And he says- Hulu and Discovery Plus right now and and YouTube and a few other places, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to checking that out. I appreciate you, Glenn. Appreciate what you've done for the industry and uh, just, uh, you know, your willingness to share. And uh, you're very humble. And I I appreciate uh, you as a person and uh, what you're doing for the industry. So thank you. Well, thank you. And and again, congratulations on your 200th episode. Well, appreciate it. It, uh, We've had our ups and downs with the economy as well. But again, I do believe what you focus on expands, surround yourself with positive people, people that have built uh, businesses that have a model to build off of. You can do it yourself, but you can get there much faster with uh, proven and repeatable systems. Mm -hmm. Again, you guys are listening to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast. Again, you can go to our website, Luxury Listing Podcast, to listen to previous episodes. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Do me a favor, if you're getting value from today's episode or a previous episode, if we've earned it, please leave us a five-star review. We could always use more of those. Again, I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're in the right place if you're looking to work smarter, not harder. You're looking to increase your average sale price. You're looking to work with more buyers, more sellers, and you're looking to bring more value to your database, your clients, your current clients, your past clients. Again, I'm your host, Michael Lafito. It's been a pleasure, Glenn, having you on. I appreciate you. Say hi to your beautiful wife, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Michael. Take care. Again, everybody, thank you again. Michael Lafito, make it a great day. And if you guys have any questions, shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. Michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. Talk to you soon.